0: And then remember seeing this trailer uh, and kind of seeing, you know, the walls change and the city kind of come up like it did in the movie. And my first thought, you know, joking with my friends is like, the dream is collapsing, Batman. We have to stop the dream from collapsing. Hey. Skyler
1: and I'm Gary,
0: and this is the Nerds Inc podcast. Welcome back, everyone. This week, tell the people what we're talking about, Gary.
1: So, we are bringing a new series to the pod, uh, one that we're going to cover for the next few weeks, and it's something that I think we're going to have fun with. Uh, we're calling it our top five series, and it's going to be where we bring our five favorite uh, films from uh various different genres and we just talk about what our five favorites are uh skylar and i are going to go back and forth giving our five favorites and yeah um just give you guys a little peek into like what we enjoy what we consider to be some of the better movies uh in our opinion
0: Uh, exactly what are you thinking you know, uh, I am excited to, to do this series. Um, anyone who's been listening to us since season one in those early episodes, we did a top five series, just kind of anticipating what was coming up for the year of 2023, as we kind of turned into the new year. So we did video games, we did movies, we did TV, stuff like that. So I think top five has always been on our mind, Gary, you know, uh, you and I are always talking about what our top fives are our top fives. And it is a, a really just a great, you know, fun conversation to have. So yeah, we're going to be doing this series. We're Going to cover you know everything from movies to you know comic books, video games, TV shows, and especially different genres. I think we can have a lot of fun with that because there are so many wonderful genres and subgenres to explore. So yes. excited to, to jump in! Uh, this week we are doing our top five sci-fi movies, our top five favorite sci-fi yes. movies. Uh, mine, you know, particular are in no uh, particular order. So. Um, you know, I know a lot of people have heard me talk about some of these movies before. So just know that these are just my top five that I, I can't, uh, they're all one, a one B one C one D to me. I, I just, I can't, I can't rank them. Uh, all you can get from me is that they're at top five. <laughs> yeah, I'm about the same. Um,
1: I, I will say though, when I get to like my top two, like these two are more like one A one B and then the, all the rest of them are more like two A two B two C.
0: That's fair. That's yeah. fair. all right so without any further ado Gary my friend you want to start with your number five
1: so coming in at number five for me uh this is uh, a movie that I feel like has absolutely beautiful ha- uh, writing uh absolutely beautiful storytelling and is beautifully shot uh is by your favorite director uh Denis Villeneuve uh but it's Arrival uh came out in 2016 And I have to say, you know, it has uh, Amy Adams and um, Jeremy Renner in it. Absolutely beautiful film. Um, I rewatched it recently. And I have to say, like, the way that this film was just portrayed and constructed, really showing how it's different from most sci-fi films. Because, you know, most sci-fi films will handle aliens, which if you didn't know, the film is about aliens coming to Earth. But most people will do it where, oh, aliens are evil and you got to fight them, you know, like Independence Day or whatever. But this one really handled it differently because it was more of a mystery. Um, and I love a mystery because it sucks you in. So having to try to figure out exactly like what the aliens are trying to do, like what they're here for, um, and then trying to figure out um, how everything is connected was just I wasn't engaged from beginning to end at that point and then i kind of figured um halfway through one of the plot threads that was going to happen i'm not going to spoil it for those of you who may not have seen it but there was a plot thread that i was like okay i can see this happening uh with amy adams and jeremy renner uh towards the end and when it actually happened and then they explained how everything really was more of a foreshadowing to the ending i got chills um, it was absolutely beautiful. But, yeah, that's my number five. I absolutely love that film. Um, and if you haven't seen it, it is on Amazon Prime. Uh, if you have a Prime account, you can watch it uh, for no additional charge. But, yeah, high recommend It's maybe two hours long.
0: Definitely. Good choice, my friend. Um, Yes. As Gary said, Denis Villeneuve is my uh, favorite uh, Hollywood director right now. Uh, He kind of started out as an uh, indie uh, French-Canadian-based director who's just done some really remarkable work in the thriller uh, sci-fi genre, certainly, over time. Um, So jumping in at my number five, and once again, it's really, really hard for me to rank these, but I did. Um, And actually Arrival, I I was really close to putting that in my top five for the longest time. That was a really tough uh, choice for me to make uh, because really you could put three of uh, Denis Villeneuve's films in anyone's top five sci-fi movies. I mean, he's done Dune, he's done Blade Runner 2049, and of course Arrival, all three great sci-fi suspense movies. Uh, So but I got to go with this one because um, it definitely has uh, some elements that I'm going to talk about that are my favorite that I've ever seen in cinema. But Blade Runner 2049 um, is coming in at number five for me, uh, of course, directed by Denny Villeneuve. Uh, it stars Harrison Ford, Ryan Gosling. Uh, Anna Diarmas and Dave Bautista does make a notable appearance. So, but really, this the film centers around Ryan Gosling's character, uh, and uh, he he plays a Blade Runner named K. Uh, and if anyone's familiar with the original Blade Runner with Harrison Ford, this is kind of like a indirect sequel to it. It does kind of pick up uh, twenty to thirty years after uh, the original uh, story concludes, um, and it really is just kind of a a remarkable slow burn type story. So I know financially it didn't do that well at the box office and that's mostly due to pacing. A lot of people complained that it was too long uh, because the movie is clocking in at right under three hours. Uh, So a lot of people complained about that. Uh, They, uh, you know, it wasn't necessarily a huge financial success, but it did win two Oscars. Um, It definitely has the best cinematography bar none that I've ever seen in a movie. Um, Jared Leto's in this movie as well. And I mentioned that because every scene with Jared Leto in this, the kind of the use of lighting and shadows um, is something I definitely want to mention. And you guys know how much I love cinematography. If you listen to us on the regular, so I got a shout out to Roger Deakins. Roger Deakins is the cinematographer for Blade Runner 2049 and just his use of lighting and the pictures that he creates are some of the most memorable things I've ever seen. Uh, He's also been the cinematographer for things like Skyfall, No Country for Old Men, 1917 most recently he he also did empire of lights so he's done a lot of these big time oscar nominated films um and he's just a remarkable cinematographer so i gotta shout him out but also i really love ryan gosling in this role because very similar to another movie that he did called drive um it's, it's a role that yeah. didn't require a whole lot of talking. It's a lot right. more about the physicality, uh, the use of his eyes, um, and there is some action elements in it. But I just – I love a good sci-fi, uh, sci-fi punk noir, um, and this is like the epitome of that. Like anyone that was a fan or became a fan of cyberpunk, uh, the game – Um, this is kind of like what that game is riffing off of, uh, which is the Blade Runner series. So it's a beautiful world. So rich to explore this kind of dystopian, uh, futuristic worlds, uh, with, you know, sand and, and kind of these giant sea walls that block out, you know, these giant waves from the ocean because global warming. Uh, so it really kind of touches in everything as far as where, you know, humanity might end up in the next 30 to 40 years. So, uh, I love this movie. Highly recommend.
1: Yeah, man, that's a good one, honestly. Uh, it's hard to tell uh, Danny Villeneuve. honestly, when it comes to sci-fi films. It's like he has a knack for it. Um, he really does. But my next one, coming in at number four, uh, is one by one of my favorite directors, probably my favorite director right now, but um, War for Planet of the Apes, uh, Matt Reeves, was an absolute genius with this whole series but this one specifically was just to me was kind of like cinema cinematic gold just because of how well not only the cinematography was but how well the pacing and story was the fact that he made us care for a monkey uh says a lot but not only that this cast was stacked and I'm just gonna quickly go over just a few of the names on here. We got Andy Circus, Steve Zahn, uh, Terry Notary, Amaya Miller, Gabrielle Shavaria, Karen Carnival, uh, Phoenix Notary. Like, a lot of these names are mostly big in like TV right now, but they're at the time was like, almost huge with what they were doing. So, to me, this film, War for the Planet of the Apes, uh, especially with how it ended that whole that series and really redid the whole concept of the Planet of the Apes storyline from, I think, the first one came in the late 80s, early 90s, uh, really revitalized the love for the series. And I don't think... Anyone else could have done better. But yeah, that's my number four. It's yours.
0: Good choice again, my friend. So um, at number four, you guys have heard me talk about this movie at length. So this is no surprise to any of you, but I got to throw it in there in my top five sci-fi. I'm going with Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, which of course came out last year in 2022. Directed by both Daniels, or as we have come to call them, Daniel Squared. Starring Michelle Yeoh, Stephanie Hsu, Jamie Lee Curtis, and Hoo Kwan. Uh, What was so remarkable about this movie, also not just with the story and how unique it was uh, being about this multiverse, but we also had some amazing historic firsts, so Michelle Yeoh being the very first... um, uh, Asian um, actor to win or Asian actress, I should say to win best actress at the Oscars. Uh, Stephanie Hsu is nominated. Jamie Lee Curtis was nominated and also won her first Oscar for this in the supporting role. Mm-hmm. Kiku Huan won for best uh, supporting actor. Um, and it just stars just a multitude of really talented and amazing Asian actors. Um, and it's just, it's so great obviously to see the representation, to give them a shout out at the biggest award show in Hollywood. And that being the Academy right. Awards, or the Oscars, um, but really just what kind of became a cult following for this movie. And, you know, when I first watched it on Amazon Prime, um, I just fell in love with it. Um, Just kind of the story about a mom kind of trying to understand her relationship with her family and her husband and her daughter and just seeing her kind of jump through all these different worlds in this multiverse. It, um, it was a very unique and quirky story. It has, mm-hmm. I, I mean, really think you can't even, you can't even really categorize this as just a sci-fi movie because it has some funny elements. It has some horror elements. It's got some um, just like absurdist and surreal <laughs> elements. So it's a very bizarre movie. And I think the first time anyone watches it, you're going to kind of be like, what? But um, when I think even the, the first time I finished it, I was very touched by the ending. And then watching it a second time, I was just hooked. Um, so this movie completely lives up to the hype. If you haven't seen it yet, highly, highly recommend you check it out.
1: Yeah, I definitely concur with that notion. Uh, so far, your list is pretty epic, man. I, I can't even deny it.
0: <laughs> I appreciate it. I'm liking yours.
1: Uh, so it's funny that you mentioned everything everywhere all at once, because that is actually number three on my list. Um, not going to really go over too much because you really hit everything, but, um, I have to say I watched it the first time in a group watch setting. Um, and the way that the story unfolded and the way that they broke everything up into chapters, you know, everything everywhere. And then all at once at the end, um, just really captured me. Uh, I thought that was absolutely beautiful. But the way that they were able to handle a multiverse story and not make it super complicated or super confusing to me is one of the things that makes it one of the better sci-fi films. Because you don't really see too many sci-fi films being able to handle either multiverse or time travel well. Those are usually two things that get stuck. But this, this film really did it well. And uh, I look forward to seeing more from Daniel Square.
0: Agreed. Agreed. They have brought weird and unusual to the mainstream. And I think we're all here for it, you know? (laughs) Thanks. Coming in at my number three, I love this movie ever since I saw it as a kid. I think I was about 13 when it came out. And I absolutely love this movie. It is an all-time classic for me. It is Deja Vu which is a Tony Scott film. If you don't know who Tony Scott is, he is Ridley Scott's brother, the very famous director, Ridley Scott, who, you know, directed the very first Alien uh, series um, of movies. Um, and of course, he's known for for uh, the first Blade Runner as well. So this is his brother, Tony. Uh, he did also another movie with Denzel uh, called Man on Fire that mm-hmm. a lot of people know. It's a classic Denzel movie. But really for me, Deja Vu is one of my favorite Denzel movies of all time, but also one of my favorite, you know, sci-fi movies of all time. And so I really love the work with this movie because it just kind of, it kind of comes out of nowhere with the sci-fi element, which is really unique because when you're watching this, it kind of comes across as just a kind of murder mystery, whodunit trying to figure out, you know, uh, essentially uncovering what happened post terrorist plot. So essentially there is a terrorist plot in new Orleans where a ferry explodes and so, uh, Denzel's character comes into the frame as this ATF agent who's trying to investigate it and figure out what's going on. And there is, uh, an element of, uh, viewing into the past, shall we say, that is just really, really cool. Um, also some notable mentions because Denzel certainly couldn't do this himself. It stars Paula Patton and Jim Caviezel as well, which Paula Patton, um, I think at, even at the age of 13, I'm like, this woman is gorgeous and this, <laughs> this, this uh, story is amazing. Uh, so I think her, her kind of emotional connection, because a lot of the scenes with Paula uh, being the lead actress are her by herself or her on the phone. She's kind of like being spied on. And I was just really. Uh, taken aback by how amazing her chemistry was just with herself being in the space with the camera when no one else was around. She still had this magnetism to her character. Um, and then Jim Caviezel is is playing the bad guy. And if you know Jim Caviezel's work at all, he is a severely underrated actor in Hollywood. Um, uh, he, he played – I know everyone knows him for playing Jesus Christ in Passion of the Christ, but he's done so much more than that. Uh, he's also done a, another a classic movie that I enjoy, uh, The Count of Monte Cristo, based off the book. But love Jim Caviezel's work. Check him out. Val Kilmer is also in this movie. So it does got some heavy hitters. Soul. um But – yeah, it's such a good movie. Uh, came out in two thousand six. Um, like I said, it's just it has a really cool sci fi twist to this that you're not really expecting, but it also has um, a little bit of romance in there and a little nice. bit of kind of like forelonging, I guess you could say. So, um, but just a really a classic Denzel film. So high recommend.
1: Nice. Yeah, that's actually one I have not seen. So I have gotten this on my it. list. It is moving up the list, actually, just because of the cast alone. But coming in at number right. two uh, on my list, and it's kind of not fair that I put it in number two because this is actually one of my top five favorite movies of all time. But um, The Martian starring uh, Matt Damon, uh, which is funny because your last movie was directed by the brother of Ridley Scott, Tim Scott. And Ridley Scott directed The Martian. Um, I watched this movie for the first time in theaters when it came out. And I have to say, when I saw it, I was blown away. Uh, I want to say I was, let's see, 2015. I was like, what, 20 at this time? So I was still relatively young. And that really kind of kickstarted my love for film you know, wanted to dissect film because of how intricate they handled this film. And that's what really Scott will do to you. You He will make you fall in love with the intricacies of a film. But uh, for those of you who do not know, The Martian is about um, Matt Damon's character uh, getting stranded on Mars. Um, Matt Damon plays uh, Mark Watney and... He's stranded on Mars after uh, a mission his team runs, and they assume that he's dead because he got hit by a a tool. But um, he has to try to science his way to getting not only a signal to Earth, but surviving on Mars. Um, And the things that he does to survive and get signals out to Mars, just from Mars to Earth, absolutely phenomenal. Um, this cast is absolutely stacked. Um, you got Matt Damon. You got Jessica, Jessica Chastain. Uh, Ch- Chuddle Ejiofor. Uh, Kate Mara. Kristen Wiig. Sebastian Stan. Michael Pena. Mackenzie Davis. Sean Bean. Jeff Dan- Daniels. And Donald Glover. Just as the Ooh. immediate. Like, this cast is stacked.
0: That is stacked.
1: Yes. Um and they all give phenomenal performances. You know, I think about so many different scenes where, uh, just between, uh, Jessica Chastain and, um, I want to say it was, uh, Chudu, um, when they were at Mission Control and, you know, having the different conversations and just the passion that they have in those conversations or, um, specifically, uh, a scene that, um, I remember between Michael Pena and Sebastian Stan when they were on the space station getting ready to go back to try to save uh, uh, Matt Damon's character. And them just having to really go in to try to um, keep the station intact, but also like fix different things throughout the station because – The crazy part about it is they were supposed to be back, like, I want to say two or three weeks beforehand, but they had got stuck in space. And it was just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, If you haven't seen it, it is on Amazon Prime. I think it's like $10 to buy it. Um, Well worth it, honestly. Most people I've talked to don't really like it like that because it doesn't have that same, eh, I guess. But, man, every time I think about this movie, I just get chills. And I might watch it again probably tonight before I go to
0: sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. No, that is a incredibly stacked cast. So good choice, yeah. my friend. Um, coming in at number two for me. Uh, if you know me, it's got to be this one. It's got to be one or two. Once again, not necessarily saying I'm going in order, but because <laughs> I am. Uh, Coming at number two for me is the 2014 film Interstellar, directed by the legendary director Christopher Nolan. We love Christopher Nolan around here. He's great. Um, So this stars Matthew McConaughey, Anne Hathaway, Jessica Chastain, Mackenzie Foy. Uh, We have John Lithgow making an appearance and surprisingly a young Timothy Chalamet. I didn't realize he was in this, but yeah, he was, uh, kind of looking back on it. And this is a really, really emotionally impactful story, um, essentially about the future of Earth and how it becomes uninhabitable. So a farmer, uh, played by Matthew McConaughey, is also a former ex-NASA pilot. Uh, So he decides to board a spacecraft uh, by former NASA employees that are uh, launching a a research to find a new planet for humans because Earth is – becoming uninhabitable with food, with water. Um, They're just prone to these terrible dust storms. Um, So they're trying to find another planet. And in doing so, uh, years pass, and essentially you get to see really the full scope of of space and what essentially going into a wormhole uh, will do to you. Um, And I think this this movie... um, You know, I mentioned it before in another episode, but just watching Matthew McConaughey's performance in this, I'm very upset that he didn't win the Oscar for this uh, because he was just absolutely phenomenal. I know he won it for Dallas Buyers Club, but his performance just kind of like watching some of the playback tapes uh, of his kids uh, while he's still in space is just
1: still legendary.
0: It's it's still something that like he I I get goosebumps thinking about that scene, you know. And Same. I mean if you want to talk about like one of like the most perfect like astronaut movies that has ever come out, like Interstellar's got to be at the top of the list. It's so yeah. good. Um it's also uh Christopher Nolan I think in his bag so to speak. Uh he's yeah. coming off of just I mean this is the first movie that he did coming out of the Dark Knight trilogy. So right. Finished Dark Knight, and this was his first movie, and it was just a heavy hitter. It was so good. So if you haven't seen Interstellar at this point, I don't know what to tell you. It's been on nine years, but you gotta <laughs> see it. Um, it is an amazing movie.
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely phenomenal. And the scene, the scene that you're talking about with my, Matthew McConaughey um, finding out about what happened with his kids and everything. That scene, I, I promise you, still gives me chills. Like just thinking about it, like you said, just chills. It's amazing. Uh, so...
0: What's coming in at number one for you, my friend? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Coming in at number one for Gary. It's
1: another Christopher Nolan film. And it is... Let's go. Inception. Um, yes. If I remember correctly, this was right after Interstellar. And Actually,
0: it was 2010. It was in between uh, After the Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises.
1: Okay, yeah. So... Inception. Um, it's funny. I watched it for the very first time when we when COVID first hit. Watched it for the very first time, and at that time, I was vaguely aware of who Christopher Nolan was um, because I did enjoy the Dark Knight series, but this shot him up to number one on my list as a director because this film, everything that you Think you know about film is done well in this the writing the pacing, character development and then he ends it on a cliffhanger that isn't really a cliffhanger it's just is unless you've seen it it's hard to really explain but it leaves it open for a part two and we're never going to get a part two and that's the thing I love the most about it, because it leaves it open, open-ended enough to where I want more, but Christopher Nolan is disciplined enough to be like, I'm not going to give you another, because there's it's no need for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to save one aspect for you to talk about, because I want, I want you to talk about one thing specifically. Um, but yeah, Inception, absolutely beautiful. And to me, not only that, but the story, like, just a quick overview of what the story is about. And this is from IMDB Uh, says a thief who steals corporate secrets through the use of dream sharing technology is given the inverse task of planting an idea into the mind of a CEO, but his tragic past may doom the project and his team to disaster. That's crazy.
0: It is crazy. I mean, how many movies about dreams do we get? You know, <laughs> not I, many. I can't
1: think of any, but he does it in a way where it's and that's one of the things I love about Nolan. Um, even if, you know, not a lot of people liked Tenet, he comes up with really good ideas and really good concepts that are unique enough to work. And I'm just like, you know what? It makes you think, you know, a lot it of does. people say it's pretentious or whatever, but I like it. Honestly, and I find it to be refreshing, especially from last week's episode that we talked about with super, superheroes. You know, Christopher Nolan gives us something that's not superhero, which mm-hmm. is great.
0: Right. And so, coming in at number one for me in my top five favorite sci fi movies is also Christopher Nolan's <laughs> 2010 film Inception. So, Great minds think alike. Right. If you guys are listening, you're like, oh, my gosh, do they agree on everything? Just about, guys. Almost. Just yeah. about. Almost. <laughs> which, is, <laughs> which is what makes this this all work so well for us. But, yes, yeah, so Inception is uh, coming in at number one for me because, like you, I remember seeing the trailer for this uh, in, like, 2009, right? We had just gotten The Dark Knight the year before, which was still had my head spinning because I'm like, this is one of the greatest things I've ever seen because I remember that experience in theaters. And then remember seeing this trailer uh, and kind of seeing, you know, the walls change and the city kind of come up like it did in the movie. And my first thought, you know, joking with my friends, is like, the dream is collapsing, Batman. We have to stop the dream from collapsing. And what do we get? We get this great movie about dreams and inception. And I honestly think that it's one of Christopher Nolan's best films. It's easily in his top two or top three. Um, If you haven't seen this movie, I don't know how you haven't because everyone I know has seen it, or at least have talked about it. But it's a high, high recommend. Uh, It's a great sci-fi movie, Uh, of course starring my favorite film actor in Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, We also I have Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Elliot Page, Ken Watanabe, Tom Hardy is in this movie. Killian Murphy, um, Marion Cotillard, and of course the legend Michael Caine, who is in most of Christopher yes. Nolan's films. Uh, so really, just a stacked cast. Um, They all do such an exceptional job. And I love this role for Leo uh, DiCaprio and his relationship with Marion Cotillard, who plays his wife. Um, It is just such an emotional movie, an action packed movie. The pacing is like near perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm still upset because this movie was up for best picture at the Oscars. And you guys know how I care about the Oscars. It was up for best picture and it lost to the King's speech, which I still have not seen to this day because I'm like, <laughs> how dare you, how dare you beat Inception? Right. <laughs> um, and I know a lot of you are like, but Skyler, King's speech wasn't that bad. And I'm sure it wasn't, but it wasn't better in my opinion than Inception. So absolutely loved it. Um, So really Christopher Nolan, like Denny Villeneuve, they're a master of pacing. They're a master of like the perfect shot. Um, What's really unique about Nolan's work is that he utilizes IMAX cameras. Mm -hmm. So he was really big on doing this when the dark Knight came out in 2008 was he filmed almost that entire movie in IMAX and then he continued to do so. And he was one of the first directors in Hollywood to do that. So his use of just lenses and his knowledge of cameras and operations was just something revolutionary for the time and it's why his movies are always so really just impactful and beautiful um but he always also just picks an all-star cast and any of his movies even if you don't like some of his others like you know dunkirk or like Tenet, um he always gets an all-star cast so you gotta give no one his credit even his one of his earliest movies he did memento um ah, stars yes. um uh guy pierce guy pierce that's who it is so we know like Guy Pearce started Memento and, you know, Carrie Ann Moss was in that movie too. So it's like, and this came out in 2000. So, right. you know, just kind of speaking to that, that he knows how to cast. Um, he does amazing work. So shout out to Christopher Nolan uh, for really being both of our number ones for this list, right?
1: Yeah. It's funny. Um, we, we both had uh Danny Villeneuve uh, to kind of start out our list topped it off with Christopher Nolan. And in the middle, we had two Scott brothers.
0: <laughs> exactly. Cause they know what they're talking about. Right. Um, and also uh, condolences. Those that don't know uh, this happened many, many years ago. So it's not any new news, but Tony Scott did take his own life. So I don't mean to, to bring the pod down, but uh as beautiful as the work that Tony Scott has done along with his brother Ridley. Um, shout out to Tony Scott um, because he he did some remarkable work while he was with us. And yep. uh definitely check out Deja Vu in honor of Tony Scott.
1: Definitely, definitely.
0: All right, but moving on, we have now concluded this top five series uh for our favorite sci-fi movies.
1: Yeah.
0: Moving on now to Our movie tournament, because it was just recently in the final four, which thank you all for voting and participating again. We are now entering the final week of the tournament, which is going to be exciting. But before we do that, Gary, why don't you tell the people who our winners are of the final four?
1: All right. So by the time this episode airs, uh, we're recording on a Thursday night. But based on where we're at currently in the tournament, it's pretty fair to say that we found our winners um, heading towards the championship, the matchups for the final four were Interstellar versus Step Brothers, and then Zootopia versus Avengers: Infinity War. Um, no real surprise here, but Interstellar is winning, or by the time this episode comes out, has won um, the tournament for. The East South region, uh, overstep brothers uh, nine to four, and then Avengers Infinity War curb stomp dog walk and drug <laughs> <laughs> Zootopia twelve to one. Um, Scholar, what are your thoughts, man?
0: You know, I'm not surprised with Avengers Infinity War. I know we've been talking about it, but it's almost been unfair. Like, if it we're is. looking at this tournament, you know, we kind of bracketed out to be very similar to, uh, you know, college basketball, right? March Madness. Yeah. But if we're talking in football terms, Avengers Infinity War is the Alabama football yeah. of this tournament. <laughs> They've just been curb stomping everyone in their path. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm not surprised. Um, we'll obviously see what happens in the championship, but I, I have a feeling it's going to be more of the same, but you know, obviously congratulations to infinity war is a great movie. And I I do love that in interstellar one, I think that was a heavy weight matchup that I wasn't expecting to be so lopsided because I thought obviously Step Brothers is one of the greatest comedies of all time uh, with Will Ferrell and John C. Riley, but interstellar also, you know, as we talked about is in my top five sci-fi movies. So I'm very happy that interstellar one, um, because I mean, just for Interstellar to—I mean, when we looking at this bracket, because I was looking at it earlier. Yes. Interstellar was basically one of the wild cards. It, it was. was. It was one of the. It's the only wild card that's made the championship. So, mm-hmm. I think the fact that it's made it this far shows how great of a movie it is. If you haven't seen it, gotta check it out. So I'm excited.
1: Yeah. Now we can finally, you know, let Christy rest and be like. You know, Step Brothers is out of it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, Christy, if you're listening, just know Step Brothers is finally out of it.
1: Uh, but yeah, it's our championship. That is, that is the uh, tournament so far. Uh, it's looking like a, you know, Avengers Infinity War is going to be facing off against Interstellar. We both expect Avengers Infinity War to win this, but do you see a way that uh, Interstellar wins this?
0: You know, I, I can see a way the Interstellar wins it if we get just a lot of sci-fi um, Oscar or Matthew McConaughey fans. Like if you're a fan of the Oscars and you love, you know, great performances mm-hmm. and acting, you might vote for Interstellar over Infinity War. If you're a huge fan of Christopher Nolan, you might vote for Interstellar over Infinity War. If you... Um, love a great sci-fi story because i think if we're you know kind of comparing as far as impactful stories you know infinity war as great as it was was not ultimately the culmination of the uh the phases of mcu it was kind of like that cliffhanger yeah but it was an epic cliffhanger nonetheless but it was right there at the edge so i think that's what makes it so tough is that you know, everybody's going to be grading and rating these movies for their own reasons. Just obviously what's the most memorable, but I think, um, interstellar has a chance if we get kind of the right fans, I guess that, you know, have seen both, but certainly looks at interstellar as a potential unique film because of how revolutionary it was as a movie, how great the performances were and how great the director is. How about you?
1: Uh, I agree with those statements. Um, I feel like only way Interstellar wins this is if, honestly, people look at it as okay, Interstellar. I can go back and rewatch that clean without having any prior knowledge compared to Infinity War. You know, I need to do a re-binge of the MCU up to that point. You know, so that's kind of how I'm hoping or I feel people would go. Um, but we'll see what happens next week when we. Uh, Cover this.
0: Yeah, it's it's going to be fun for sure. Um, you know, we've we've done a few months of this, several rounds, so it has been just a really fun thing to obviously do with all of you. So once again, thank you for continuing to vote. Uh, the championship, of course, is going to be uh, linkable in our show notes for this episode. So if you're listening wherever you're listening, go to the show notes. You can click on the brackets. You can see kind of what all the matchups were kind of leading up to this championship. And then you can vote for the championship. As soon as this episode drops on Tuesday, you do uh, have the ability to go vote right away. So go ahead and do that. As soon as you finish the episode, go and vote. Uh, This is the final matchup. And then we have our champion. Uh, This is going to be our annual tournament. So I know uh, Gary and I just kind of threw this together. Uh, Gary had the idea of doing, you know, from 2008 to 2022. So next year, we might mix it up a little bit. We might do, you know, maybe different years, different genres, things like that. Um, But it's going to be an annual event for our podcast. So um, it's just kind of a fun thing and we're happy to have you guys engage with it.
1: Yeah. um, We're definitely going to be brainstorming some ideas and some things that we can do to kind of shake it up next time so that, we don't keep getting stuff like Infinity War in the championship. You
0: know. <laughs> I mean, Infinity War is a good movie. I'm not going to lie. I just yeah. – the fact that it's been beating everybody as bad as it has is pretty <laughs> It's pretty crazy. I mean, but maybe that's our base, right? All of you listening, maybe you guys are just diehard Avengers and Marvel fans. And you know what? That's cool. You know, we're, we're Marvel we'll fans. We'll accept we it, get it for now. We'll, we'll accept it. Um, any final <laughs> thoughts for today's episode, my friend?
1: Uh, last thoughts Um, I'm excited for this series the top five series that we're going to do I really look forward to the next one that we cover Um, I think we're doing action movies next Um, that one's going to be real fun Um, biggest comment though make sure you watch Inception, Interstellar and The Martian if you don't watch anything else watch those three
0: what about you? yes yes you know, final thoughts, but completely unrelated, and we might do an episode about this. I think it could be interesting, but I am thoroughly addicted to and enjoying the the new social network app from Meta Threads. You know I had to talk about it. So if you're not on Threads, definitely check it out. I'm sure you've been seeing everyone post about it. You've been seeing the news about it. Um, it is Meta and or Facebook, right? It is their, their new concoction that is basically just Twitter 2.0. Uh, it's Twitter, uh, kind of simplified in a lot of ways, but you know I'm enjoying it, and it's nice to kind of have something fresh and new because I personally have not been on Twitter in several years, so um, it's just it's been nice to to have an outlet away from Elon Musk. Uh, Granted, Mark Zuckerberg really not any better if we're being honest, but if I had to choose, I'm going to go with Cyborg Zuck and sticking it to the man that is Elon Musk. So let's bring down Twitter together. Hop on Threads. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, Threads is is pretty nice. Uh, very much more clean and sleek compared to Twitter, uh, and most people seem to be enjoying it, which is a plus.
0: Exactly. So that's just my my, my pitch for that. Um, we're not being paid by Meta at all, and <laughs> so they for pay me us. to say that, and yeah, unless <laughs> they want to pay us, by all means, Meta, send us your ads. Uh, but no, uh, that's just my recommendation. But you know what? I also recommend going outside and enjoying some fresh air. So yes. I hope all of you listening get to do that this week. Certainly enjoy your comics, enjoy your video games, watch your movies, your TV, but don't forget to just take a step outside, go for a walk, enjoy the beach. If you're near one, enjoy the mountains. If you're near those enjoy the woods, but just enjoy a nice walk because you know what the nerdy contents, all the things that you love are still going to be there.
1: Exactly.
0: As always, everyone, I'm Skyler.
1: And I'm
0: Gary. And this has been the Nerding Podcast. We will be right back in your ears next week. Hey everyone, this is Skylar with the Nerding Podcast. Here to say, thanks for listening. And if you're enjoying our weekly discussions, please leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Ask us a question, provide your thoughts on our discussions, and we may just talk about it in a future episode. Thanks.